Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk everything Monday Night Raw, especially that tag team turmoil. Don't like the direction of the tag team division right now, Bully and I break it down. Also, we talk about the main event from last night between Braun Strowman and AJ Styles. And how about this? The referee actually goes by what he heard and not what he saw. You're going to get a quintessential LaGreca rant. Also, we talk about Sasha Banks. Great end. Not such a good beginning. We'll talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I'm disappointed. (laughs) Who are you disappointed in? I don't know. I don't know. Low, Ma- uh, you know, Mo, Larry, and Curly in the back. I guess I don't. <laughs> no, seriously, who are you disappointed? I'm in? very upset about the whole tag team fiasco that was Monday Night Raw last night. Was it really a fiasco? Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? Do you uh, want to lay on my couch and I talk mean, about it? A- Alex Metz is doing. I don't know what this means when he does his <laughs> hands like that. He's swimming. I don't know what that means, but uh, I think you're an old. Dance routine from like the seventies. I think I think Alex is trying to say, you know, you know, put a little pause in that. And what what are you saying, Alex? What the, let it, what let the it, hell do you say? I think it's better in this instance if you let it uh, if you let it fester a little bit. If that if that makes sense. Like I want you to I want you to talk talk. I didn't. I couldn't sleep last night. That's a, how much of a moron I am. Well, then I think you have some more problems. I'm staying. I, I can't fall asleep because I'm thinking about like. What other gif or picture I'm going to tweet of a great tag team in the history of the WWE? I mean, the Hart Foundation, the Samoans, the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian. The list goes on and on. And then Ziggler and Rude and Braun Strowman and uh, Seth Rollins. You didn't like Team Rudolph? (laughs) (laughs) I love I love the people coming up with names for Bobby Rude. All right. Here's the thing. When it comes to this situation. And you're right. I was all over social media to the point bully where people were like, come on, you Mark. Stop bitching and complaining. I'm like, my name's not Mark. It's Dave. And I'm just giving you my opinion. I want to know what bothered you last night about tag team turmoil, because obviously you were pissed off about it. If if you're going to rant, rant. If you're not going to rant, that's fine. But I just want to know why you're mad about it. Here's the thing, bully. Now, obviously, you were a big tag team wrestling fan growing up to the point that it was really the inspiration for you to get involved in pro wrestling. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. 
So for me, I was always a big tag team wrestling fan as well. I mean, I, I adored the Road Warriors back in the 80s. So to see what tag team wrestling has become in the WWE is just a joke. Now, you have said it over and over again on this show about, Dave, get over it. Vince McMahon doesn't care about tag teams. The WWE doesn't care about tag teams. It's not what it was 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. It's just not that anymore. I had a little bit more faith, especially over the last few months with the tag team scene on Raw and on SmackDown. Now, I might be in the minority thinking this way, Bully, but I was really upset about what happened last week with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. Throwing those two guys together for no other reason than for a storyline, and then you had them beat Gallows and Anderson, who were nowhere for forever. You finally built them up, made them tag team champions, and then they lose the tag team champions to a team that have never teamed together before. I mean, I always grew up having tag team wrestling with chemistry and, you know, being in sync with one another. And they just throw two main eventers together and they beat an established team that's been around forever, not just in the WWE, but all over the world. Correct? Yes. All right. Now, last night, they throw Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler together. Correct? Rudolph. Now I'm thinking, Team Rudolph, this is something interesting. Because you haven't done anything with Bobby Roode. And Dolph Ziggler, after everything that happened at SummerSlam, you probably have to reinvent him. So the fact you make them into a tag team, I think is probably pretty smart by the WWE. But they had this tag team turmoil last night, which was a farce. Because most of the matches from last night were under two minutes. But I digress. So a team, once again, that you just throw together, beats four established teams and are now number one contenders for the tag team titles that are held by Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. And, oh, yeah, judging from their backstage promo last night, they could care less about the tag team championships. Oh, and by the way, you start Monday Night Raw last night with Sasha Banks, who right off the bat on the show says how upset she was at WrestleMania because she was part of defending the tag team titles Titles that she could care less about. So in one show, you just annihilated the entire WWE tag team scene. Well, <clears throat> I understand everything that you're saying. I know why you're upset. I know why you're disappointed. I know why a lot of fans, wrestling fans, Busted Open Nation uh, fans, tag team wrestling fans are pissed off, upset, disappointed. But I got to tell you, Dave, as, as you just said, I've been kind of for the past three years smartening you up as to how the WWE looks at, feels about, and deals with tag teams. On the positive side, they do the right thing when it comes to guys like the Usos in the New Day, right? Yes, they do. Okay. But last night, the minute I saw all the teams in the tag team turmoil... Uh, match, I knew that we were going to get something underwhelming. And I'm not talking about the work rate of the guys because everybody goes in there and tries their hardest and, and works their hardest. I knew that we weren't going to get something tremendous. And then when I saw Rude and Ziggler thrown in, thrown in there, I knew something was up immediately because it's too 
odd of a pairing just right off the bat. You know, they just needed another team and decided to throw those guys together. That's what's going through your head. And just the fact that I was thinking that made me think, okay, these are going to be the guys that they're going to run with. Um, WWE has for years treated their tag teams a certain way. I'm not shocked by what I saw last night. Um, and it's just par for the course. And I think, the part, I think the part of tag team turmoil that upset you the most was the double disqualification between the OC and the War Raiders, right? Yep, that's 100% correct. And why did that piss you off? Because those are two teams. One, that's an established team that I think could do a lot of great things and were doing great things with Gallows and Anderson. And then you look at the War Raiders. They've been pumping them up for weeks and weeks, having them just wrestle enhancement talent which a lot of people were kind of losing patience about, but I actually liked because you're building that tag team. And I thought last night was the perfect opportunity to make something happen. Again, that's not for the tag team championships, but to be number one contenders, I think would have been a big jump for that team. Okay. Are you more disappointed that one of those teams did not become the number one contender, or are you more disappointed that it ended up in a double DQ between those teams? A double DQ in like a minute and 15 seconds. Okay, but you just gave me a bunch of reasons why you wanted to see the OC versus the War Raiders happen in a tag team match, correct? I do. You didn't get it last night, and I'm going to ask you this. Would last night have been the right place to get that match? Probably the, not. Exactly. So they got out of it in a way that took care of both teams. Neither one of the teams needed to lay down. It wasn't a popular decision amongst the fans. You, go ahead. No, because I, I, I hear where you're coming from, Bully. And when you say that, that's a tease. And that makes sense. Have a tease on Monday Night Raw, and then maybe down the road you can actually have a feud between those two tag teams. Would make sense after what we saw last night, correct? Yes. But do you have any faith that that's going to happen? Because when the tag team titles mean nothing and is meaningless, just judged by the way that they're talked about by the main eventers that you just threw together over the last couple weeks, why would I have any faith that they would put any stock in those two teams and do something that's a storyline that fans could get invested in? You should not have faith that they're going to uh, run with a storyline or something that fans can get invested in because you don't get that a lot from the WWE when it comes to tag teams. So you got to kind of settle for what you do get from them. Down the line, do I think we're going to get the OC and the War Raiders? Absolutely. They, They gave us a little tease last night, as you said. But the double DQ, although pissing you off and a lot of people off, I think was a way out for them. They got into a little bit physically, then the double DQ happened, it got thrown out, and neither team had to suffer a loss. It, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's the smartest booking in the world, but it was safe. Could they, have, could they have had those teams come in at different times during the turmoil match so we never got to see them square off? Sure they did. But they had them square off and they double DQ'd it for a reason. And that reason is probably because you're going to probably get a match between them next week or you're going to get some kind of story with them. Unfortunately, that story won't include the tag team championships unless 
the championships go on Rude and Ziggler, and then the OC and the War Raiders get involved. Because especially with the War Raiders, they've been working with enhancement talent for so long, it's about time that they've been given uh, a little bit of a taste. Every single match that we've seen from them is just to highlight and spotlight what these guys can do, including their finish. They've been putting them over on commentary. Now let's get them in the mix. So who better to get them in the mix with than the OC? So, I, I like I said, understand why you're pissed, but they it was probably the safest way out last night. And listen, the people were booing their asses off, so they didn't like it either. Now, am I overreacting about this whole tag team situation in the WWE I th- right now? I think now? you're overreacting based on the fact that for a long time, I've been trying to set you straight on what you're going to get from the WWE when it comes <clears throat> to tag team wrestling. They only spotlight tag team wrestling when it's convenient for them. And they will only spotlight one or two teams. Like, they spotlight the New Day, okay? And they spotlight um, the Usos. Those are, their, those are their two homegrown tag teams that they have put a lot of focus on. Every once in a while, they'll throw a little bit of light on the Revival recently, or they've thrown some light on the OC, I really don't know any other teams. I mean, the bar uh, months, you know, about a year ago. But other than that, th- that's about it. Who are the tag team champions right now? Two singles guys. Yep. Who are the contenders for the championships? Two, Two singles, singles guys. guys. And that's, that's what bothers me because. But that's what the WWE has been doing forever. I'm going to give you a little example of something that that speaks volumes to me. Um in the in the first edition of the WWE encyclopedia that came out, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen the book before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Big book, beautiful book. Everybody that's ever been in the WWE. Well, on the page with Steve Austin and Mick Foley, they're holding the tag team championships. On the full page dedicated to the Dudleys, they're not holding the tag team championships. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, that's crazy. They they always they when whenever it comes to tag team wrestling they love to put the shine and focus on two top single stars that made a successful tag team for however short lived the run was, and it just doesn't you know and I hear what you're saying and it makes perfect sense in the world of the WWE but the way that they built up the Viking Raiders how they recently built finally built up. Gallows and Anderson. And listen, I like the pairing of Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, but they shouldn't be going through four established teams on their first night together. And and even having like a team like Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, they were starting to do something with that team recently. And then Heavy Machinery, which is been built up and then kind of off of TV for a little while, and you could have done something with them. So you have teams that are actually making a mark and that the fans are into, and I just felt like last night was just a big slap in the face. Um, I, I, I really don't think last night was a, sla- was a slap in the face. I think they took care of uh, um, the OC and the Viking Raiders. Heavy Machinery is kind of getting relegated right now to the uh, – um, a feel-good act. Uh, they they did beat them last night, right? Dolph got the yep. Uh, oh, Dolph got the super kick in on the big man, and uh, the Bobby hit his finish on him. Yep. So obviously they 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 went out of their way to take care of Otis because I think they see that Otis is the breakout star in that team. Um, 
I can sit here and agree with everything that you're saying and how you felt about last night and how most of our listeners probably felt about last night. But I'm telling you, in their eyes, they got out in the safest way possible. But when you look down the road to, uh, to the cl- um, Clash of Champions, are you excited for this tag team championship match? No, because it's an afterthought. Because, again, for the fir- Michael Cole said this, for the first time in the history of the WWE, the tag team champions are going to face each other in the main event for the Universal Championship. Correct. Now, you could have had just about any team in that match. Unless they have specific plans for Ziggler and Rude. If Ziggler and Rude are just going to go in there and lose, okay, then you could have probably had another tag team in there. But if you, if you would have put the Viking Raiders in there, or if you would have put the OC in there, and let's say at Class of Champions, you're going to have Braun and 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 uh, Seth retain, but then Braun actually beats Seth. So they're still the tag team champions, but Braun has now beat Seth. That's a pretty interesting scenario. So what tag team do we throw against Braun and Seth? Well, let's throw a tag team in there that won't get hurt by getting beat. Do Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler get hurt by being beat? No, no, because they're a thrown together team. And if anybody's going to do the favor, it's most likely going to be Bobby Roode. So that's that's a, a, a logical reason as to why they had Rude and Ziggler win, just to feed them to Rollins and Braun so none of their legitimate teams get hurt. Understood, but they also ran through the entire tag team division to get that number one contendership. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Here's the thing when it came to that main event last night. You get the ref bump. That happens. You know what I'm saying? It's physical sport. Um, Gallows and Anderson are barred from, from ringside, correct? Correct. Now, after the ref bump, Gallows and Anderson attack Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman gets the best of Gallows and Anderson because why wouldn't he? You know, Gallows and Anderson are as far down the ladder as possible after just being tag team champions a couple of weeks ago. All right. Um, AJ Styles gets up, and then all of a sudden he falls back down because Braun Strowman's got that chair. The referee says, I heard the chair. I heard it. So you're disqualified. What? Yeah, you're disqualified. I heard the chair. Got a lot of holes in that. Okay, number one. How many times have we seen in the A w- gazillion. A, gaz- a gazillion. You don't even have to finish the sentence. A gazillion and one. A gazillion and one. That's how many times we have seen what you're about to say we you, saw. You don't even know what I'm about to say. Yes, I do. Go ahead, say it. How many times have we had, whether it's a tag and a tag team match or uh, a leg on a rope, or a foreign object being used, and there's no disqualification. Why? Because the ref says, I didn't see it. Can't disqualify you. Didn't see it. Can't. Sorry. Now we have a referee (laughs) who clearly didn't see it. He's actually arguing, saying, I heard it. And he disqualifies Braun Strowman based on something he heard and did not see. That's a first. That may be a first. You talk about seeing things a million times. That may be a first that somebody got disqualified by something he heard, not seen. Uh, listen. Hey, wait, and on top of that, 
What what was the stipulation in that match? Gallows and Anderson are barred from ringside, correct? Yes. Well, Gallows and Anderson are right there. They're right there. They're dancing. I mean, they're dancing around. We would have a good old time around the ring. So what you would what you're saying is it would have made more logical sense for the referee to come up and actually see Gallows and Anderson, and because they were barred from ringside, that's why the DQ would happen, as opposed to thinking that the ref was wearing two miracle ears in his ears and had supersonic hearing. It's so bizarre. It, it <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Yes, bully. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because there's Gallows and Anderson. How do I know? Because I could see them. The ref could see them, but he chose to go by, well, my hearing, I, you know, I heard a chair, and there's Strowman with a chair in his hands. Even though Gallows and Anderson are barred from ringside, I'm not going to disqualify AJ by what I see, but I'm going to disqualify Braun Strowman by what I hear. It's the most fucking ridiculous thing that I have ever heard in the WWE. So you're more upset about this than you are Tag Team Turmoil. It's, it's, it's equal. I, I, because here's the thing, Bully, you could say to me, Dave, I warned you, I warned you, I told you, don't get upset. How could you get upset? I've been telling you for years, the tag team division doesn't mean anything in the WWE, blah, blah, blah. And you also did a pretty good case of what most likely will happen at the pay-per-view and why they did that. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's going to mean anything at the end of the day. But at least you can make an excuse. There is no excuse for what happened in that main event last night. None. I mean, somebody was disqualified based on something that the referee heard. That is the most ridiculous thing. Now, I get it's pro wrestling. I get that. But when you have me invest three hours in the show and this is your main event and that's your payoff at the end of the show, dear God, what the hell are they doing? Uh, dude, I at the beginning of the show, I was able to help you see a different perspective on that tag team match. And I get, if we were in a court of law, I guess that would be called reasonable doubt. On this one, guilty as charged. Because for the referee to come up, I hate when they do things that are convenient for them or you know, uh, convenient booking or creative license that should affect referees' decisions in the long run. Last night, they set a precedent. The referee heard something. Well, now the referee, if any referee hears a chair shot from now on, they should just look up and disqualify somebody. That's why with all of the creativities around referees, whether it's 10 counts or whether it's the referee going out to check on guys, if you just leave the referees alone and let them do the job, if the referee did not see anything, if I was a, if I was a defense attorney, I would just argue to the referee, no, I didn't hit him with the chair. He hit me with the chair, but I no-sold it. I mean, anything. Anything. Braun Strowman could have said anything he wanted to. But for the referee to pop up and go, oh, I heard something? Well, then I guess we have to go back and reverse every single decision that had ever happened because we all heard something when a referee didn't. Yeah, it's like, and it happens all the time in tag matches. It's been happening since the beginning of time where, you know, Robert Gibson would tag in Ricky Morton and Tommy Young would turn around and break it up because I didn't see it. And he pointed at his eyes. I didn't see it. Well, then now the argument is, but didn't you hear it? I clearly slapped his hand really hard. You didn't, you're going to tell me you didn't hear that? Like, it's come on now. That makes it difficult to buy in. 
That's the problem I have with the WWE right now. If you want me to get, and I shouldn't say the WWE, that's 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 being a little bit too strong with Monday Night Raw. If you want me to be invested in your show for three hours, you got to have a better payoff than that. And again, Gallows and Anderson are outside the ring; they're barred from ringside, so they should. So right away, AJ should have been disqualified based on the fact that Gallows and Anderson got involved in that match. They were barred from ringside. Why were they barred from ringside then? I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly there. It, I mean, if the referee would have popped up and saw Gallows and Anderson and would have DQ'd AJ, you don't get the heat on AJ the same way you did by the referee putting the disqualif- disqualification on Braun, Braun Strowman. Unfortunately, in doing the finish that they did last night, if I'm a fan and the referee pops up and DQs Braun Strowman, Who's the heat on? It's on it's it's on the ref. It's on the referee. Yeah. Why do you want heat on the referee? You want heat on the wrestlers, not the referee. Yeah. If I'm a fan, I'm looking at that referee and going, "Screw you, ref. I hope Braun Strowman kills you." Nobody's but nobody's booing AJ Styles or the OC in that moment. The heat's on the ref. The last place you should want it. Yeah. And the way you just described it, like, let's just say the referee disqualified AJ Styles based on what we saw last night. All right, smart, champion gets out of the match, gets disqualified. That's what a heel champion's supposed to do. The heat is on AJ Styles, and you could still have the same outcome as far as Braun Strowman kicking everyone's ass. You could still do that. I don't know that, like... If if I'm somebody that works for the WWE, I'm going back to creative and beyond. What are you guys doing? Do you think? I mean, we want people, we want millions of people to watch this show, and this is how you end the show? This is what you think was a good way to end a three-hour show last night? Come on, you're better than that. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're not connecting the dots for you, right? They're leaving gaping holes open in the stories that they're telling. So I agree with you when it comes to the end of the show. I mean, a lot of people on social media are going, oh, AJ pulled the old Eddie Guerrero trick. It was genius. Okay. But the referee hearing something? Now you're setting a precedent. If there's ever a ch- if we ever get a ref bump where there's a chair shot or a table breaking or a ladder crashing or any other noise that happened that should not have been happening, are we to infer that the referee is going to pop up and go, "Oh, I heard something." It's it, listen. I'm sure it's happened to you, bully, where you've put somebody through a table and should have been disqualified, but you didn't get disqualified. Why? Because the referee didn't see it. He Correct. can't disqualify you based on something he did not see. That's been the rule in pro wrestling for decades upon decades upon decades. That's what keeps it fresh. That's what keeps the heat on the heel because he obviously cheated. Everybody in the arena saw him cheat, but the referee didn't see it, so he couldn't disqualify that person. They just threw a nuclear bomb on everything last night because what you said is so true because now you can't go back. You can't put the toothpaste back in the box. You can't go back there now. It's over because the next time you do it, you can just go back to August 26th on Monday Night Raw when the referee disqualified something based on something he heard and did not see. Can't argue on this one, Dave. You're 100% right. If the nation were to have a different opinion, I'd love to hear it. 
But based on what I saw last night, based on what I heard last night, and based on what you're saying here, it makes 100% logical sense. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. What did you think of that matchup with Natalia? Thought the match versus Natalia was good. Yes. Dave, what did you think of the promo? Uh, a little flat, to be kind. Agreed? How about this? Don't be kind. I said this to Alex Metz before the show, Bully. The problem that I had with that promo, first and foremost, it had zero passion about it. Zero. It just seemed like she was going through the motions. There was no real facial expressions as she was talking. I mean, here she is. She's talking about things like hate and being and being stabbed in the back and not getting opportunities. Those words got to have some emotion and passion behind it. And I didn't feel that at all in that opening promo with Sasha Banks, especially to open up a show like Monday Night Raw. From the minute Sasha walked out when her music hit, she was standing on the stage. She was almost laser focused on the ring. Her her head was straight. Her eyes were straight. She walked straight down the ring. She got in the ring. She was looking directly into the hard camera. We never saw a looseness to Sasha. The first time I saw Sasha loosen up during that promo is when Natty's music hit. And you know what that tells me from the beginning to the end? She was just waiting for that to happen? She was memorizing a promo. Ah. And that's all she was conscious. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you saw Sasha Banks have that much uh, mic time to herself? I can't. I couldn't tell you. She's been you know, off the grid for so long. And and maybe and maybe that's the problem. The fact that she's been gone since WrestleMania 35, like she said, she's been out for four months. Maybe you don't put her in a situation where she's opening the show and having that much mic time. Off for about four months, right? Mm-hmm. Before that, in the tag team scene, not that much mic time. And any mic time that she was given was probably split up with other people. Last night, she opened the show. The All the spotlights were on her. All the attention was on her. And I could tell that she was memorizing a long promo. Listen, let's not get confused here because I know there's a lot of Sasha fans out there where the Sasha fans and Becky fans are very similar. The minute you say anything that is not putting those two girls over to the moon, people take it personally and they start going crazy. Last week, Sasha did a phen- – in all of the physicality we see Sasha do, she does a phenomenal job. Case in point, that- was last night. Yes, but she had, a, she had a really strong match with Lat- Natty last night. When she returned and she drilled Natty and everything that she did with Natty and then smacking Becky and destroying Becky with the chair. Chair shots were a little wonky, but for the most part, they got the job done and nobody got hurt. All the physicality we see from Sasha is really strong. It's great. Hell, I've even told you she's in the top two or three 
um, you know, females in the WWE and probably one of the best workers in that ring. But last night, when it came to that mic work, which in some way, shape, and form is more important than the actual in-ring wrestling, she came up short. And she came up short because of ring rust. I always talk about ring rust when it comes to being in the ring and wrestling. Mm -hmm. You could have ring rust on the microphone, too. And if you haven't been out in front of those people in a long time, on your own, having to memorize a long promo... Like, I didn't see her go off the, the beaten path at all. She, she stared directly into that hard camera. She never turned around. She never moved to her left or moved to her right. She was basically in that same spot. And when I see that, it tells me that a person is concerned that they're going to flub their lines. Even to the point where she's kept repeating Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, which started a Becky Lynch chant. Instead of now referring to Becky Lynch, she went right back to say Sasha Banks. It's like she took the pause and waited for the crowd to react, but didn't react to the crowd herself. Like, I was really, really surprised by that. Taunt the crowd a little. Hey, listen, Sasha Banks is extremely popular. One of the things that we talked about last week was that even the beatdown with Natalia, it seemed like the fans were cheering for her. She wasn't getting those cheers last night. Why? Because she's talking about Becky Lynch. Well, when you get the crowd to start getting Becky Chance going and reacting to what you're saying, you got to now react to the crowd. She didn't do that all last night. And now I don't know if that's because it's the scripted promo or because she's been around or been off the grid for so long, she didn't have the confidence to react to that crowd. It's all about the scripted promo, Dave, because you're so laser focused on the words on the paper and that you have to get it right that you almost forget to interact. You forget to react to the crowd. You, you forget to walk down that ring with that certain, you know, chip on your shoulder. I'm telling you from the minute she came out, when I saw her looking straight ahead, I knew something was up because normally we get a little bit of pomp and circumstance from her. Okay, she should have come out as the Sasha Banks. We all know she should have been strutting to the ring and blah, blah, blah. There should have been a little she should have looked at people to the left and to the right and behind her had that smirk on her face. We didn't get that. Yeah, you might have gotten hints of it. But what I saw is a performer who was laser focused on words that were written on paper that a she might not have been comfortable saying and B, had to memorize line for line. Who knows? You, you know the whole story that we heard in, I guess, Dirt Sheets that Sasha was complaining after WrestleMania and laying on the floor and crying? Yep. Do, do we know if that's true or not? I have no idea. Do you know? No. I mean, those were the reports, but she referred to all those reports in her promo last night. And again, she did it in such a way that it went almost right over my head because instead of talking about it with passion and how she should have been there, she should have been a part of that main event, it was just words coming out of her mouth. And when you don't have the heart and passion behind it, that's exactly what it is. It's just words. And uh, in, in wrestling, I, I love, I have this one term that I use for promos like that. It's called words, 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 blah, blah, blah. Because she could have said blah, 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 and it would have came out the same way as her words. There was no passion. There was no emphasis. 
And I think it's because of the rust on the microphone. I think it's because there was so much attention on her at that one moment. She hasn't been in that scenario in a long time. So ring rust can happen in the ring. It can happen on the microphone. And who knows? She might not have been comfortable with the verbiage. Maybe she wasn't comfortable admitting that she didn't care about the tag team championships because we know damn well that she did. Maybe she wasn't comfortable saying that, yeah, I was lying on the floor crying after WrestleMania because who knows if it even happened or not. So there could have been a lot of different little things that came mm. into play as to why that promo didn't wasn't delivered as effectively as it could have been last night. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 a misstep. I think she can recover next week. But if you're the WWE, do you put her in that situation again? Do you hand a microphone and give her, you know, 10 to 12 minutes to cut a promo? If you're going to be in an angle with Becky Lynch, which it looks like that's where they're going to go, you better be able to hang with Becky on the microphone. Becky has done a solid to good job on the microphone ever since the uh, the, the broken nose heard around the world. Would you agree? Yes, I, and I thought last week she had an excellent promo, one of her best. But that wasn't in the ring. That was backstage. Yes. There's, a big, there's a big difference. True. But yes, I will agree it was excellent. Okay? So if you were to leave them to their own devices on the microphone, I could definitely see, based on what I saw last night, Becky Lynch getting the best of Sasha. When it comes to the match and the physicality, I could see Sasha getting the best of Becky Lynch. It's going to be interesting to see. And honestly, it's a match I, I, I think Becky needs. And right now, it's something that Sasha needs as well. I'm just surprised that they're doing it at a pay-per-view like Clash of Champions because you figure with all this buildup, Sasha and Becky should be at a, probably a more high-profile pay-per-view. Do you agree with that? Um, if, if, if you're not getting that, what does it tell you about maybe creative's confidence in the situation? Hmm, interesting. Here's what I can tell you. As a professional, these girls can benefit from each other. Becky can benefit for having to work up to Sasha's level in the ring, and Sasha can benefit to work up to Becky's level on the microphone. They can both give each other the rub, but it has to be positioned the right way. Like last week, you see that Becky promo? Yes. That Becky promo was put together in a way that played to all of Becky's strengths when it comes to speaking. Last night, I don't think they played to Sasha's strengths. I think she was handed a very long scripted promo and she was asked to memorize it from top to bottom. And we, I, you know how I feel about scripted yeah. promos. I, 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 you know, I think we can both agree the one thing that was lacking from the promo was what? Passion. That's it. Boom. And here's the thing, an emotion. And, and listen, this match is not official for Clash of the Champions, but I, I'm figuring that it's most likely gonna it's gonna happen based on what we've been seeing the last few weeks. But this is where, and this is gonna be something we're gonna get into as well because her name was mentioned a couple times. Plus, she's gonna be on a very high-profile reality show, and that's Ronda Rousey. A lot of criticism for Ronda Rousey leading up to WrestleMania 35, Bully, was the fact that she was slipping on a few words, she was repeating herself, she was stuttering. 
But the reason those things didn't bother me, because Ronda was on the mic. You got passion and emotion. I'd rather get stuttering and missteps and confused words when you're getting passion and energy and emotion rather than what we saw from Sasha Banks last night. If you ever get into a passionate or emotional argument with Violetta or a, or a discrepancy, whatever, don't you trip over words? I mean, hell, when I was doing my rant last hour, I was tripping over my words. Why? Because I'm pissed off and I'm emotional. That's what and happens when you're passionate about something. Exactly, and that's why I loved when Rhonda would trip over certain words. It should never sound or look perfect if it sounds or looks perfect that means it's entirely too rehearsed and polished i don't want rehearsed and polished so Rhonda, what she lacked in maybe a command of the promo by flubbing some words made up for it in passion so yeah last night sasha may have recited all of the lines perfectly but there was no passion in it i felt like it was a first read for a broadway play like she just got her lines and yep. she was just going through them the first time i would love to see sasha do that promo again now that she knew she had it under her belt because Dave, let me tell you something when you are asked to open up monday night raw with a promo of that length it's basic like standing in front of the firing squad that's the kind of pressure you are up against because you know, every, you know every fan is watching. You know every fan sitting at home is watching. But more importantly, you know all of creative and most importantly, Vince McMahon is watching. And how you do with that promo will dictate whether or not they put a microphone back in your hand. And maybe it would help too if she's standing face-to-face -face with Becky Lynch. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. And who knows, when the king of the ring is all said and done, Baron Corbin could be the king of the mountain, bully. King Corbin, get used to it. Everybody's going to be pissed. Oh, my God. Well, I will say this. I thought the best segment last night was the segment with Baron Corbin, the match with The Miz, and then his promo afterwards. You could hate Baron Corbin all you want, which, again, if you go back to my rant a couple of months ago, is what you're supposed to do anyway. I think Baron Corbin is doing his job and is doing his job well. Corbin and Miz had a great match, and then he did a great job with his little after-match promo. They're teasing people with that scepter in his, in his hand and that crown on his head. King Corbin. Woo-wee. People are going to be pissed. And you know what? And I'm so tired of all the Corbin hate. Guys having such good matches. Such good matches. I'm glad he took the shirt off last night and wrestled in the guinea tea. Yep. You think a bunch of Italians are going to get mad because they said guinea tea? <laughs> I don't know. That's what, I mean, I, that's what I thought you named it until I was like 28 years old. I didn't know it was a tank top. And by the way, it's gravy, not sauce. Because any self-respecting Italian has Sunday gravy with meat in it. If there's meat in it, it's a thick gravy. If there's no meat in it, it's just sauce. End of story. Why are you yelling at me? Because... I need to yell at somebody about this. <laughs> I was the one that called it gravy, too. Um, um, I mean, how can, you, how can you crap on Corbin, really? I mean, it's such a good match last night. And he had a, a, had a great guy to work with in The Miz.
And don't sit there and say, oh, well, it was The Miz who made him look great. Corbin's been having great matches for a long time now. Any situation they play, put Corbin in, Corbin does a phenomenal job with it. No well, slagging on Corbin here. No, and you know what? You mentioned, and you've said this several times about the King of the Ring tournament, is that it's custom made for a heel. A heel should win. So if you look at who is still alive in this tournament, especially since Drew McIntyre lost last night, I think we're, I think we're gearing towards Baron Corbin winning it all. I'd be very happy with that. That's a great thing for him to, to tout for a long time. He could probably tout it for the rest of his career. He could carry that scepter and, and crown around longer than Iron Mark Mike Sharp wore the, uh, wore the, uh, the forearm brace. Yeah, or Cowboy Bob Orton uh, had the cast <laughs> on his arm. <laughs> exactly. Ace. Ace Orton. Ace Orton. Um, I think it fits well. And I, I'm with you. Like, Do I like Baron Corbin on TV? No. I want to boo him because he's a heel and he does his job well. Actually, I'm starting to get to the point where I, I, I'm excited to see him because I know I'm going to get a good match. Yes. Wow. That's a great point by you, Bully. You know you're going to get a quality match when you see Baron Corbin in the ring. He's given 110%, and he's not going through the motions. Now, somebody who we won't see in the ring, Bully, is John Moxley at All Out. Now, this is what he had to say. And uh, we, we, play, we talked about this on yesterday's show, but I want to get your take. John Moxley tweeted out, right at the beginning of the weekend about him being out of all out. And he said, I'm absolutely gutted to have to deliver this news by a rather it come directly from me in a nightmare scenario. A serious case of MRSA has returned to my elbow. The timing couldn't be worse. In this circumstance, I am forced to pull out of the fight August 31st versus Omega at all out. I apologize to all involved. Most importantly to fans. I am incredibly, incredibly frustrated and pissed off. I'll have surgery this week to remove the bursa sac in my elbow and be done with it for good. Should be a quick recovery, so I'll be 100% for AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. Still, I expect All Out to be in an amazing pay-per-view and hope all the fans out there looking for an alternative tune in. You will be blown away by AEW and be excited to be a wrestling fan. I'm looking forward to watching as a fan myself, but this fucking sucks. Moxley on Twitter. Now, Kenny Omega actually responded. He was about to cut a promo on Moxley and then getting the news that he was going to be out had interesting things to say when it came to him. And that is the fact that, you know what, John Moxley, you're all excited about leaving the WWE. Then you go to New Japan. You have your hardcore match. You do all these bucket list things, but you didn't think about the big picture and the match with me at All Out. What do you think about what First, Moxley had to say in his tweet and what Kenny had to say, knowing that the match is now off. Well, Moxley was just being honest and Kenny's stringing out the match. You got to do something. What is Kenny supposed to say? Oh, I, 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 I wish you well. Get well soon. No, Ken, Kenny goes the opposite direction. He's like, oh, see, you wanted to run around and you wanted to play wrestler in New Japan and do all this, do all that. You took your eye off the ball and now you got MRSA and now you're out of the match. So at least that strings people along to when Kenny and Moxley can eventually meet up. Did I got, I got, I, go ahead. Did he, in a way, keep his eye off the ball? Did Who? John Moxley by 
going to New Japan, by doing some stuff on the indies, having that hardcore match, knowing that you had a major match against Kenny Omega at a pay-per-view, and knowing that you're about to go live on October 2nd, should he have done those other things leading up to what we were going to see on August 31st? Especially knowing that he had these injury concerns when he was with the WWE. No wrestler that uh, is as hot as Moxley is right now who is finally free at last in his own mind and getting to do whatever he wants to do is ever going to say to themselves, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this New Japan thing because I got the AEW gig on the horizon. If anybody should have sat Moxley down and said, whoa, brother, you need to pump the brakes, it should have been Tony Khan. Tony Khan should have tried to invest in, uh, should have protect his investment. Now, maybe Tony Khan did. I don't know if he did or if he didn't, but he might have said, hey, Moxley, listen, man, I got a lot invested in you. What if something goes wrong and you get hurt? Moxley just might turn around and go, well, man, I made this deal before I made the deal with you. I got to live up to my contractual obligations and you really can't do anything about it. Then Tony's got no, Tony's got no retort. Yep. But if anybody should have tried to have said, whoa, Mox, let's look at this from the bigger picture. AEW is going to be your real home for a long time, and you're going to be making a shitload of money over here, man. I don't want to take the risk of you getting hurt. That responsibility really is more AEW because no wrestler is going to ever – wrestlers think that they're indestructible, especially a guy like Moxley right now who's as hot as you can be. Oh, it's like, yeah, okay, uh, I I had an injury in the WWE, but we we never think anything is going to catch up to us. I mean, listen, if it was me, I'd rub some dirt on it, I'd wrap it up, I'd take a shot of penicillin, and I'd get it all out. That's just me. It's hard to... Obviously, with MRSA, it's a lot easier said than done, but I'm just talking about that warrior mentality that is within a wrestler knowing what i know of moxley if he could just rub some dirt on it wrap it up and take a shot of penicillin that's what he would do and he would get through the match but there's no way with mercer that you can get through that thanks for listening catch us weekdays on busted open from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 the busted open podcast Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs> 